Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Now we're in this series, You in Five Years. We're not, we're not really looking at, okay, let's talk about how to set a goal um, and let's try to hit a New Year's resolution. But really looking and saying, who do we want to be? Who do we want to become? And the three areas that we're focusing on is spiritually, relationally, and financially. And we're going to wrap up the spiritual side here. Uh, water baptism next week, that's going to be really, really good. But we're going right through Hebrews 6. And then we're going to go into relationally, and we're going to go into to financially. And who do we want to become? Because when we set goals, a goal doesn't make you... It doesn't. I mean, you can set a goal, and then it's just it's kind of there, and it disappears, and it breaks. And they say 90-some percent of us we, that do make New Year's resolutions, we don't, they're all broken by March, like it's over. But we're saying, okay, God, who do I want to be? What type of a husband do I want to be? Where do I want to go spiritually? If I want this year to be different than it was last year, then I'm going to do something different, something that I haven't done before. And really, a goal it's just, it's, it's something that's there. Echo. But what we do in our lives, what we see happening over and over and over is this, is we don't rise to the level of the goals that we set, but we fall to the level of discipline that we have in our life. You can set a weight goal, whether you're trying to gain or lose, and it'll just sit there, but you'll rise or fall to the level of discipline you have in your life, whether it's discipline to be hitting the gym and doing what it takes to gain the weight or discipline to not be eating the food and to be eating the proper amounts of food so that you're getting to the weight that you want to be. We rise or fall to the level of discipline that we have in our lives. And we're looking at something that spiritually does that same thing, that we can find roadblocks in our life because of this spiritually. Because here's what it says in Hebrews 6.1. It says, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying out of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. This is one of those things if we don't get right, it says we want to go beyond it, and God permitting, we will. If we don't get this right, we're not going to go beyond it. And that's why we're taking the time to go over some of these things that for some of us, you're like, well, that, I, I, think I, I think I know that. And for others of us, we're like, well, that's completely different than what I was, what I was told. And, and some of this stuff might seem to be just tradition. And this week specifically, we're talking about laying on of hands, as it says there in Hebrews. And if you grew up in church, well, some churches, that might seem really, really normal. If you didn't grow up in church, or maybe some churches, you're like, that's just weird. It's just really weird. Why would somebody do that? And if we're not careful, something can just become a tradition. You ever, and if you ever walk up to somebody and shake their hand to say hello? Who's, who's shaking somebody else's hand this week? Raise your hand. Who's a germaphobe and like, you just will not shake anybody's hand, anybody at all? No, I worked with a guy that was, and he just hated shaking hands. He's like, it is the most, he would go off on it all, all, all the time. I just thought it was hilarious, and I'd always try to shake his hand, just, just, just for fun. But I was looking up like where some, some just interesting traditions started, but we do that. We, we shake people's hands and say hello, but what many of us don't realize is handshaking, we're told the tradition actually started 
a very long time ago when really what you were doing is you were trying to see if somebody had a weapon. And you wanted to see, because most people are right-handed, if their right hand was empty. And so you would reach your hand out showing that you're not armed, and in response, they'd reach their hand out, and you both knew, well, none of us are carrying a weapon. And that actually the Romans took it a little bit further, and then instead of just shaking hands, they would actually grab the forearm to make sure there was nothing hidden up the sleeve. A little paranoid. I'm like, yeah, I can get along with those guys. They were a little more paranoid, like, okay, shake, shake the arms. That's where it came from. That's not really something that we do now. And if we're not careful, we do something without knowing the meaning. And handshaking, it's really okay. But there's other things that if we don't know the meat, we need to know the meaning of why we are doing something or why we should do something. I was reading a story about a woman who always, always opened canned goods from the bottom. And her friend said to her, why do you do that? Like, why do you flip it over and open it? And she's like, I have no idea. That's just what my mom did, so that's what I do. She goes, hold on a second. They just got curious. She got on the phone. She goes, Mom, why do you always open cans on the bottom, like canned goods on the bottom instead of the top? And her mom's like, well, because we kept them in a dirt floor cellar, and the tops of them always got really dirty, so I always wanted to flip it over so that it was cleaner. And here's what had happened is her daughter just saw her doing that and without realizing it, thought that's what you do is you flip the can over, you put the can opener on, you open it up. And if we're not careful, there are some things, there are many things that can become an empty tradition, something that we don't know why we do, but that we saw somebody else do so that we do, but we really don't know why. We don't know why. And in that, it can lose so much of its power. It really can And hands, laying out of hands, is really one of those things. Now, as we go through this, this is kind of like a puzzle. It's not going to make perfect sense in five minutes. But in six and seven, it's going to make a little bit more sense as as the pieces kind of come together. And then you're going to see the whole picture when it comes to laying out of hands. But first off, it's a big deal. 1 Timothy 5.22 says this, Don't be hasty in the laying out of hands. There's a warning against, it's like, hey, hey, be careful. Kind of like, you've got a gun, watch where you point it. You've got a rubber band pulled back, watch where you point it. I mean, it's just, it just gets you. My, uh, my three-year-old got, uh, for Christmas, he ended up getting like three little toy guns. And when it's pointed at me and he pulls the trigger, I can't help but like, like twitch. Like it just, I just twitch. I know it doesn't shoot anything. It's like a little airsoft thing, but there's no airsoft bullets. But I just can't help but... But, but twitch. And, and because to me, you just, it, it's just unsettling. Well, when it, what it's talking about here says, don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. It's because of the power that there is in this. It really is. And the first thing that it is, is last week we talked about faith. And we said, if we believe something, there has to be an action that goes with it. And the first thing that laying on hands is, is an action that goes with our faith. Because it's silly to lay hands on somebody, especially if they're sick. Like, why would you touch them? I mean, unless you're checking, like, okay, are my kids, do they have a temperature? But beyond that, like, if people are sick, why would I want to touch them? Somebody this morning, I went to shake their hand, like, I'm not feeling good. Like, don't, you you might not want to. We get that. 
But here's what it is, is it's something that in the natural does nothing. And maybe you're like one of those touchy-feely people where you're like, yes, please, hug me, touch me. I, I like that. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very touchy, huggy person. Like, I'm, I am, I'm not. But to have somebody lay their hands on you or on somebody, maybe you're like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. Well, that, that makes sense, and it really does. Because here's what it is. It's us doing something that we realize in the natural has zero benefit, and it actually might be kind of awkward. But if that's what the Bible says to do, I'm going to do it, to be obedient and as an act of faith, not because there's something special in my hand. And in fact, 1 Corinthians 1.27 says it like this, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before Him. He's like, it's going to be obvious that the healing, that, the, that what happens in this person is not a result of anybody that's praying. And I look at that, He chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And I'm like, yep, that's, that, that's what this is. And maybe you grew up and this is normal. If, if laying hands on somebody is not normal and you're like, that's weird, that's foolish, the Bible's like, yep, I chose the foolish things to confound the wise. Like, it's okay to think it's a little weird. That's a little strange. But it's an act of faith in response to what God's Word said. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says this. He says, follow my example as I follow Christ. So let's go through here and we're going to look at some examples of Jesus Paul said, follow my example as I follow Christ. Jesus was an example to us of Jesus laying his hands on people and the results and what happened. Mark chapter 6, verse 4, Jesus said to them, only his own hometown and among his own relatives is a prophet without honor. Verse 5, and he could do no miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Mark 8, 22. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man and led him outside the village where he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him. Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Jesus put his hands on people. Luke 40, or Luke, excuse me, Excuse me, Luke 4, 40, same thing. Jesus laying his hands on people. Then it's not just Jesus. Saul was blinded on his way to Tarsus. He's, going, he's blinded by his bright light. He goes into town, and Ananias is told this. Then Ananias went to the house, entered it, placed his hands on Saul, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you can see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He lays his hands on him and restored his sight, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. These are, it's an example. Is it kind of weird? Is it different? Yes, it is. But it's stepping into faith and saying, God, I'm going to do what your word says to do. And over and over, what we see in Scripture is this. When we see the supernatural working, we see that we do something in the natural, and then God brings the super, and that's where the supernatural comes from. Like, I love that it's two words, natural and super, where we do something that's seemingly empty, like putting our hands on somebody, 
But God comes as a result, and He does what nobody could do, and He moves in their life, whether it's healing or whatever it is. It moves in that life. And it's so obvious that it's not us. It's so obvious that it's not us. Yet at the same time, I think it's really easy to think it's dependent on us. I know it is for me. I know it is for me. It was several years ago, I was doing some hospital visitations and went up to the hospital. I'd gotten a list of like four or five names of people who um, needed prayer, who were in the hospital, who had asked that a, a pastor come up and pray for them. James 5 says, are any of you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church that they would anoint them with oil, lay hands on them, and the prayer of faith will make them well. People are like, hey, come up here and, and please pray. So I get a list, don't know these people, um, don't really know who they are, just get some names and some room numbers and off I go. And uh, I got my little thing of oil, and really, it's, it's, it's anointing oil, it's any oil. I've anointed people with Crisco, with, with whatever, olive oil. And, and again, it's being faithful to Scripture and honoring God, it's not what's in the bottle, and it's not what, what hand gets laid on you. So, I, but this, this particular time I walk up, and, uh, and, I, and I walk in the room, well, I knock, I say, can I come in? They say, yeah. And, and I come in the room, and I look. And, and on this, this hospital bed is this tiny little baby. Couldn't have been more than like two or three months old. And, and he's all strapped down. They got his arms and his legs all tied down. And they got tubes coming out of this guy. He's got a tube down his mouth. They got tubes out of his arms. And, and my heart just like, I'm like, oh, it just, it just breaks. And, and, and the family's there. And you look on their faces it's just fear. It's, it's just fear. And the first thing that came to my mind when I see this completely helpless little baby is, you didn't pray enough. And how much time did you spend in your Bible this morning? You didn't read enough. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, I'm not good enough. Like, I didn't do it right. And I think that, that when God asked us to lay hands on people, that it was intentional, that we knew it was, had nothing to do with us. It doesn't. And the very first thought that came to my mind was, it's about me. It's about me. I didn't pray enough. I didn't do this. And it's obvious that this kid needs a touch from God. But then I'm like, wait a second. This has nothing to do with me. My hand, I wash them. They get dirty, like whatever. There's nothing special in here. And I think of this verse. I I literally thought of this verse and this story. See, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John we're entering the temple. And as, as they walk into the temple, there's a man there who's crippled. And the man cries out to him. He's like, give me some money. And Peter looks at him and says, silver or gold have I none, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And helps the guy get up. And he, somebody who was crippled is now walking and running around. And everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. Because people, they, they come in, they go out, they've been doing this. This guy, this is his spot, this is where he begs, this is what he does. So everybody knows this guy. And now they see him running all around, and they're like, what in the world is going on? And this is what happens in, in verse 12. It says, when Peter saw, because everybody's coming around and seeing what's going on, and this guy's like, they did this, and they're pointing, he's pointing at Peter and John. When Peter saw this, he said to them, why does this surprise you? 
And why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? He says, it wasn't by our power and it wasn't by our godliness. I'm sitting there and there's this baby and all of a sudden I'm like, it has nothing to do with me. It's not my godliness or how many hours I spent praying or, oh, I didn't pray for four hours so it's not going to work. Or, oh, I only prayed 15 minutes today so it's, no, well, don't lay your hands on anybody today because your godliness meter is like, it's just down here. It's just not going to work today. That's not what it is. Paul said, it's not because of our godliness, and it's not because of us, it's because of whose we are. It's because of whose we are. The Bible says, and these signs and wonders will follow them that believe. And that's all that it takes. It's not because of who we are. And you might think, this is weird. I feel weird doing this. This doesn't do anything. And here's the thing. You're absolutely right. It doesn't do anything. But God does. He responds to us being obedient and doing what His Word says. He really, it, it, it works. It works. So we see over and over in Scripture where hands are laid on people and they're healed. And then we see there's other instances in Matthew 19, verse 13. It's talking about a bunch of little kids. And so then little children were brought to Jesus and He placed His hands on them to pray for them. And that's why we lay hands on people when we pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And Jesus said, let the children come unto me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went from there. That's why we lay hands on people. Luke chapter 24, 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And we'll have, well, I'll ask you to do that sometimes. I'm like, let's just lift up our hands or extend our hands towards somebody. Or if we're all praying, we'll extend our hands and we'll pray. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. It's not an empty tradition. We're like, okay, Hill Hitler. It, it, it's, it's not a, we just raise our hands. That's not what it is. It's not an empty tradition, but it's looking at what the Bible says and saying, I'm going to do that. Paul said, follow my example as I follow Christ. And we want to do what Jesus said to do. It's so easy to know, and it's obvious that it's not us. There's nothing that I could do that's going to make this great. The disciples did this over and over. Acts chapter 6, verse 6. It says, they presented these men to the apostle who prayed and laid their hands on them. Moses in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Acts 13, verse 2. They set some people apart. Then they laid their hands on them and said, okay, go. And they, they blessed them. Uh, we did that with Chris and Tristan. They were going to lead the Ignite fifth, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. We brought them up. We prayed for them. We laid hands on them. We do that. Why? Because the, that's what the Bible says to do. And here's the thing. When we do what we can in the natural, that's when God comes in. And so often, we want the opposite. We want to see the super, and then we'll do something natural. Like, I want the result, and then I'll do it. Like, I'll do it, but I, wanted, I want this. I want the result first. But we pretty much know that doesn't work in anything else. Like, like it just doesn't work. Go to your boss and be like, can I get paid in advance? Like, I want to not work, but I want to get paid. See how that goes. See how that goes. Spring is coming. If you plant gardens, you want to plant flowers, you know what you're going to do? You're going to have to go put a seed in the ground. 
And if you don't, nothing's going to come up. Well, actually, that's not true. Weeds. Okay, I don't know why it's not reverse, that the good things just grow naturally. I'm like, well, I should plant some weeds because I really don't want any beautiful flowers here. That's just... But it doesn't work that way. It really, really doesn't. It's what you don't want that just happens to grow. But we know if I want something here, I'm going to have to do something in advance. I'm going to have to do something. And that's really what it is when we do the natural. We do the natural side. God brings the super in. And you might say, I don't understand it. You don't need to. I don't either. But I believe that God's word is true and that if he said to do it, I can do it. And if he says, you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay hands on them, and I'm going to watch them recover. Holy Spirit. In Acts, over and over, people said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to know what they did? They laid their hands on them and prayed for them that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 8, verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. They went, they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Simon looked, and he said, I see that the Spirit is given at the laying on of the apostles' hands. And he said, he offered to buy that ability from them. He said, teach me how so that when I do this, this is what happens. Because he saw that when people laid hands on him, and it really is and can be a transfer of supernatural power or anointing. Jesus is walking through a crowd. And maybe you're familiar with the story, maybe you're not, but he's walking through a crowd. And then he stops and he says, who touched me? And the disciples look at him and they're like, kind of paraphrase, like, you're crazy. There's people all around you bumping into you. How can you ask who touched you? And Jesus says, I felt power come out of me. He says, I felt power come out of me. And it literally was the transfer of power that a woman touched him who had an issue of blood, who'd been bleeding, who'd been to doctors and doctors couldn't help. And she was healed because she touched him. And it literally can be that. And there are times where, yes, somebody who lays hands on somebody will feel, I feel the anointing. I feel power actually moving. Jesus felt it. Jesus said, these things that I have done, you will do, and greater things you will do. This is for everybody. This isn't for anybody special. I love what Peter said, that it's not because of our godliness or by our strength that we healed this man. And I think so much, that is a lie that the devil has told and so many of us have bought in that we're like, well, that's for somebody who's special. That's for somebody else. But do you know my lie? Do you want to know what my little dark secret is? Do you want to know what my struggle is? God would never use me or he can't use me. Somebody else, yes, but not me. But the truth is, we've all fallen short and none of us deserve anything that God has given us. We've, we've 100% fallen short. No matter how good we think we are, our goodness compared to God's righteousness is complete filth and rags. It, it, it just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't even get close. It's not in the same ballpark. It's not in the same state. It's not in the same planet or solar system. It's so far separate. As good as we could ever think we are, God's like, it's not even close. 
So it's not a matter of being good enough. There's not a godliness meter that suddenly gets clicked or you read this. It is a matter of knowing what the Word of God is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, knowing what the Word of God says and saying, okay, if that's what it says, God's going to do His part, I'll do mine. And we step in there. It is not up to somebody else, not at all. This is for you. This is for me. Mark 16, verse 15 says this, Then he said to them, said to his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news. Whoever believes and be baptized will be saved. Next week you can get baptized. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, And those, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. They will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. This isn't for me. This isn't like, oh, well, just this person over here. This isn't for just any one particular class. There is no class. This is for those who believe. Those who believe. John 14, 12 says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do the things that I have been doing. So if you saw Jesus do it, if Jesus did it in the Bible, if you read it and he did it, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. This isn't for somebody else. This is for you. It says, those who believe. Those who believe. It's for you. It's not for somebody special anything. It's for you. Why do we lay hands on, the sick, on sick people? Because the Bible t- says so. Because the Bible says so. Is it something special that the person who's laying their hands on them has? No. It's what Jesus did on the cross. It's what he did. That's what it is. That's what it is. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. If you're here and you would like prayer, you'd like someone to pray for you, whether you have pain, sickness, disease, and you would like someone to pray for you, this is what we're going to do, is we're all just going to, let's just do this. Everybody just stand up a minute. Everybody stand up, if you would please. If you would like prayer for something in your life, just stay right where you are, but raise your hand. Say, I've got a sickness, I've got disease, I've got a broken this, I've got a hip that's been bothering me or something. Okay, take a look around. Raise your hand high if you'd like prayer. Raise your hand high. Excellent. And this is what I'm going to ask. We just read that it's, who's this for? It's for absolutely anybody. So if you're standing around somebody who's got their hand up, if you're standing around somebody who has their hand up, just go over and put your hand on them and we're all just going to pray together. So there's a few in the back here that we're going to need some people to turn around. You might have to get out of your seats, but if you can find somebody and we're going to pray together. And it's not because of who we are or our godliness, but it's because of what Jesus does. It's what he did. So let's just pray. If you want to pray out loud, you can, but I'm going to lead us all together and let's pray. Here we go. God, we just come before you right now and we thank you for what your word says. Your word says that they would lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Your word says that by your stripes we are healed. So in the name of Jesus, we speak to whatever is causing these bodies pain, whatever is bothering them, and we command it in the name of Jesus to go. We thank you for complete healing from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' name, And all together we say, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.